Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will begin with sitting meditation. Find yourself a comfortable place to sit, either in a chair or on the floor. On the floor, you may prefer to sit on a cushion with your legs crossed or folded beneath you. On a chair, sit without leaning back with your feet planted evenly and comfortably on the floor. Sit comfortably erect with shoulders back and your spine straight. Rock back and forth and then side to side to find your center. Your head should also be straight with your eyelids lowered but not closed. Focus on a point a few feet in front of you. Your face should be relaxed as you breathe quietly. Hands can be placed in several positions. In the classic mode, rest your left hand in your right hand, with thumbs touching and comfortably laid against your abdomen. Or you can touch thumbs and forefingers together and rest them on your thighs with palms up. Another option may be to fold your hands on top of each other on your lap. The key is to find a position that is comfortable and that can be maintained in stillness during the meditation session. While sitting, try focusing on your breath, counting them to 10. Breathe in, one. Breathe out, two. Breathe in, three, and so forth. You may find distractions such as the sounds around you or your own thoughts. If that happens, observe them, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Begin counting your breaths again from one. We will begin and end each session at the sound of a bell. At the end of this first session, you will be asked to place your hands together in gasho and bow. Gasho means putting your hands together and bowing in an expression of gratitude. You may choose to intone the words Namo Amidabutsu as you gasho. 
we will begin our first seated meditation session at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. We will now have sutra chanting. A sutra is a sacred scripture from Buddhism. These originated long ago in India and in China. The text that we chant is actually Chinese, a translation from Sanskrit originals. Is it necessary to understand the meaning of what we're chanting? Of course, not at the outset. We don't know anything about it when we first begin. But I believe that we should aim to understand what the sutra is teaching us. We should have a basic awareness of its content. These are the teachings of our Shin Buddhist tradition, after all. For that reason, we provide in the Shin Buddhist service book some pages of explanation and some English translations. What we experience by chanting, I would say, has three aspects. The first aspect is meditative, like sitting or standing or breathing. Chanting forces us to focus our attention on the present moment, and it helps to calm our minds. Second, there is a ritual aspect. We are reenacting something that's taken place countless times over the centuries. We are connecting with the many followers of our Buddhist tradition who have chanted these same words, and we are gaining a sense of oneness with the other people who are chanting at this time, perhaps listening to this podcast. Third, there is a learning aspect. This is to gain a little bit of knowledge of what the meaning of the characters that we chant are, and we do that separately, I would say, from actual chanting. In the story of the larger sutra, the Bodhisattva declares his 48 vows, things which must be fulfilled if he is to attain perfect enlightenment. Immediately after declaring the vows, he speaks in verse. These are the verses we call Jusege. He says, I will unfailingly attain supreme enlightenment. I will save all the destitute and afflicted everywhere, and my name will be heard throughout the universe. Let's chant the Jusege. Gagon cho se gan Oh, so. 
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Halloween's coming. And there's going to be a lot of different candy bars out there. And some people are going to get more Reese's peanut butter cups than others. And so, you know, if you have all that candy, you should just be happy, don't compare to other people. So I wanted to have a Dharma talk today about Halloween and Buddhism. My first slide. Okay, here it comes. Okay, good. <laughs> so it's a very famous Buddhist holiday. It's called Buddha. Now, remember, you may not remember a long time ago, but I did a Dharma talk, and this is one of the mistakes most Americans make when they pronounce the name Buddha, right? It's really Buddha, Buddha. But this is what happens when everybody says Buddha, it becomes a Halloween shirt. So I found this on the internet. I thought it was cute. So uh, Linda and I are getting ready for the costume party. Uh, our costumes are uh, hidden away in a vault. Uh, I start freaking out in July about my ha Halloween costume. Uh, it's hard to find appropriate uh, couples costumes on the internet. Most of them, nope, 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 nope. So uh, I wanted to show you some of our greatest hits. Uh, this is Linda and I, is uh, Franz and Helga. I'm not sure why we picked this, but it worked. I think I remember why. It was because of the sound of music. So I think it was because of the sound of music. And then uh, this is Bert from uh, Chimney Sweep from uh, Mary Poppins. I was dancing, like I was tap dancing. So uh, Linda and Emily helped me a lot. Emily's in theater, and she knows a lot of prop people. And she helped me make this chimney sweep. So she got me a pole and she got me uh, pipe cleaners, and I really thought that made uh, the outfit. And I even have charcoal soot on my face. And then uh, this is Linda and I. Uh, this is from uh, Zootopia. Uh, I think I'm Nick Fox, and uh, Linda is Judy Hopps. We make a good couple. And. Uh, so I don't really think, I was thinking Linda was Wonder Woman, but she's Mrs. Captain America, I think. Uh, I got the big shield. I said, oh, come on, let me have the big shield. So 
Uh, Captain America is my favorite superhero with superpowers, but I think the reason I like him so much is I just like his outfit. I just think, I, I like him because of the clothes. I think he has the coolest costume. So I've always liked uh, Captain America. Uh, I don't think, and then you see my uh, abs, those six pack right there, do you see that? that that's real, that's because I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing lycra, so you can't see it because I'm wearing a loose fitting robe. I was wearing lycra there. And then, I haven't, I haven't shared this with very many people, but this is my true identity. I'm Batman. So this is me at home, uh, you know, working on a Dharma talk, uh, working on the online school. So this is how I look at home, but I don't wear this out in public because I don't want people to know. So Linda and I have uh, good costumes coming. Uh, I wanted to give you hints, but whenever I give people hints, I always give it away. So I'm just going to stop now. So I tried to think of what would be a good scary costume uh, in Japanese Buddhism. And uh, Emily taught me some cool new effects in PowerPoint. So isn't that cool? So uh, these are called gaki in Japan. They're also, I think in India and Tibet, they're called, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, because I'm not, I'm a Japanese Buddhist, I know how to say gaki, uh, preta. These are called uh, preta. And in English, uh, they're called uh, hungry ghosts. So these are famous mythical characters. Uh, if you look at them, their stomachs distended because they're, they're starving. They, they, never get, they never get satisfied. They're always wanting and they're always hungry. And then uh, it's kind of a cruel trick in life, but they have this really narrow neck. Their neck is really thin. So like they can't eat much food because it, it won't go down. So it's kind of frustrating. They can chew it and they can taste it, but they never are satisfied and they can't really swallow it. And then um, I think they breathe fire. Uh, they're very uh, scary. And I went on the internet because it's a family service. I tried to find the most appealing images of the gaki because some of them are really, really, really scary and I, I didn't want to go overboard. So, uh, Japanese Buddhist legend tells about creatures called gaki, the hungry ghosts, which have big bellies and a thin throat and never can get enough of anything. And so this could happen uh, on Halloween night, right? No matter how much candy you get, you always want more. Uh, in one popular image, the gaki sit on a table full of delicious food, but having they have chopsticks that are way too long. So they're like, they're like five feet long, and when they grab the food with their chopstick, they, they can't bring it to their mouth because it, it's too long. So the food's there, they can pick it up with their chopsticks, but they can never eat it. So because they're so consumed with satisfying their own desires, they won't feed each other, and eventually, Everybody's hungry. So, I mean, they could share. One person might be able to feed another, but they're so focused on getting what they want that they, they, they don't even think about alternatives. They just keep grabbing at the food and trying to get it into their mouth. And it's a, a bad strategy, right? Selfishness, that strategy fails, but they, they're so greedy, they become angry and they become just fixated on uh, taking care of themselves. So the hungry ghosts is part of a six- uh, levels of 
um, of thinking, different ways of thinking. So the gaki represents a, a state of mind, a way of thinking. So whenever you don't get enough and you start to get angry, this is, you fall into this hungry ghost realm. So whenever you're feeling that way, it's kind of describing a state of mind, a way of thinking. So are you ready for, the, for some more cool animations? Okay, ready, ready, ready? Wow. So my production quality is way up. So uh, one of the realms is called the heavenly realm. And again, this isn't a place. It's, it's like being uh, Kim Kardashian or, you know, the perfect day, everything goes right, you don't have a care in the world. It's that feeling of just absolute bliss. And we do have these in life, but the problem is they don't, they don't last. So, you know, maybe if you're, uh, like, if you're a movie star and you're really young and you have the hit movie out right now, everything's perfect, but it doesn't last. So it's that kind of feeling. So sometimes I feel like this. Like when I get the perfect parking spot, right? I come into OCBC, you know, everything just falls right. And you're like, it's just so fun. It's so great. And then the next one is the human realm. Uh, and this has to do with th the way we think. So if you're very logical and rational, I I'm like this. I'm a computer programmer. I love rules. I, I like to live by rules. Uh, and one reason why I started coming to Buddhism is I couldn't come up with enough rules because life is too complicated. So I, I tried living in this realm. I became a math major, a computer programmer. Uh, but again, logic and reason, it's good, but there's also other things in life, right? Intuition, uh, connecting to others, art. So, so this is a realm maybe when you're being very logical and very rational. And then the next one's called the fighting demons. Uh, this is where we get very angry and we lash out and we get in arguments. Uh, it's very hard right now, I've noticed, to not get into road rage uh, on Beach Boulevard. Um, everybody's on their phone. Uh, everybody's cutting each other off. Uh, I honked my horn the other day because a man almost hit me and he started screaming at me. And I, I, I didn't, I just, I kept going because I knew if, if there was a headline that said, Buddhist minister beats up, <laughs> Buddhist minister beats up 80-year-old man at Costco. That, so I, 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 thought, I thought to myself, let's just move along. Don't get out of your car. Let it go. But I was in that fighting demon realm there for a minute, but I stopped and I thought about it, and I was able to go to number two and think rationally and logically. And then there's an animal realm, and I thought, I wasn't sure what this meant, but this is the realm where you're very spontaneous and you do things without thinking about the consequences. So maybe I was dipping into the animal realm too. If you, don't, if you don't kind of think about the consequences of your actions and you do things that spur the moment and you just, you just do things quickly without thinking, this is kind of the animal realm. And my dog actually uh, doesn't live in this realm. Uh, when I give him a treat, or her a treat, her name's Maddie, I've showed you Maddie's picture. Uh, I think when Linda gives her a treat, she just eats it. But when I give her a treat, she smells it for a long time, and she looks it over like it could be poison. And then she eats it. It really hurts my feelings. She doesn't, she's 10 years old, and she doesn't trust me. Like, I'll eat it, and then I'll give her one, and she smells it. And then this is the hungry ghosts where the gaki live. 
And then if things get really bad and everything's going wrong and you're completely frustrated and upset, uh, there's nobody to be angry at, uh, there's no one to fight, you're just in a really depressing, frustrating place. Uh, this is the hell realm. And the idea in Buddhism is that we're kind of jumping from realm to realm throughout the day very quickly. Oftentimes we're not aware of it. So like at work, I told you, when I get a nasty gram, back when I was a programmer, my first response was to answer in kind. And then I decided, no, I'll move it to my trash folder. But then you wait an hour and you think of this great comeback. You take it out of your trash folder, right? And then you reply. So I move it to my trash and I empty my trash, my trash folder. So it, even if I want to do it again later, the email's gone. So that's a nice uh, coping skill. So uh, this is the image of the wheel of life. This is kind of the um, picture view, the, the visual explanation for these six realms. And they're, they're around, the, there's a, a hub in the middle, and there's a thin layer on the outside, and there's six giant pieces of pie around uh, the middle. And each one of those six is one of these realms. And so uh, I like this. I found this on the internet. Uh, if you go counterclockwise from 12 o'clock, just in the same order, you have heaven realm, humans, hungry ghosts, hell, animals, and fighting demons. So I'm going to zoom in on the hungry uh, ghost realm. So if you look in here real close, this is the piece of the pie where the hungry ghosts live. And you can see them in there. Uh, with big bellies, uh, there's fire everywhere, they're starving. Uh, it's not a good place. Uh, but one thing that's interesting, well, we're not going to talk about this today, but if you notice in the upper right-hand corner, uh, there's a Buddha in every realm. So the good news is, is whatever realm you're in, the teachings are available to you. So uh, this would be a good costume for Halloween, uh, the gaki. Uh, if it wasn't too scary... And I wanted to show you a commercial I saw on TV. Now, now I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I showed this to the Boy Scouts. Uh, they're like between third and fifth grade or so at the Metapodma class. And they're really smart. And they asked me lots of complicated questions. They tore apart the metaphor. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So this commercial remind me a lot of the gaki. Uh, it's IHOP advertising all-you-can-eat uh, pancakes, and they have these really super long forks so that you can eat them better. But that doesn't really help, right? You should have a shovel, right? You need a, a, a giant spatula or something. But they give you these super long forks, and I immediately thought of the gaki. They're, you're not going to be able to get these pancakes in your mouth. The commercial's flawed from a Buddhist, from a very important Buddhist point of view. Right now at IHOP, order any breakfast combo and we'll sweeten the deal with all-you-can-eat pancakes. So get out your all-you-can-eat silverware because these pancakes aren't gonna all-you-can-eat themselves because pancakes don't do that. Get IHOP's all-you-can-eat pancakes with any breakfast combo. Or just get the all-you-can-eat pancakes for $4.99. What else you got going on today? So I'm like starving now. So those are all you can eat. That's all you can eat, fork and knife. And then the other thing I didn't realize about all the restaurants now, it says Ace or something like that. It's all you can eat. I didn't know that. 
until just a little while ago. So whenever you see a restaurant with A-Y-C-E, I thought it was Ace or something. It, all you can eat. All you can eat. And uh, I haven't told this story before, but I worked at a uh, hot dog place at the Old Town Mall in Torrance. It was called the Ultimate Dog. And I, I got hired there. That was my first job. And I only got two and a quarter an hour. This is back when minimum wage was really low. But they said, you, it's all you can eat. Like, you can eat whatever you want, and you get two twenty-five an hour. So I wasn't that interested in the money, but the all-you-can-eat part was really good. And they had Orange Julius. So I would eat, like, six hot dogs a day and, like, you know, gallons of Orange Julius. And it was the best job I ever had. And, uh, and then after two or three months, this is a true story. The boss came to me, and he said that the profit margin was going down, and they were trying to figure out where they were bleeding cash, and they finally figured out, they let me go. He said, you cannot, for you, it's not all you can eat. You can eat all I can eat, but you can't eat all you can eat. And so I quit. I was, I was out. I said, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So... I found this video, and it's so good, we're going to watch it again. Uh, it's an uh, animated film about the gaki. Now, this is a metaphor. It's not, it didn't literally happen. So one thing the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts noticed is we're switching over from forks to spoons because we're going to be eating soup. Not that important to the story, but we're changing utensils. And then the soup is in the middle of this giant pit and it's sitting on a stand and each gaki can reach out and barely get some soup in a spoon but they can't bring it to their mouth and then the kids are really smart well, they said well why don't they just slide the spoon back and just drink it and then <laughs> like why don't they just telescope it so young kids are really smart so I've been thinking about this a lot and remember I told you you always have a great comeback like the next day it's because they're so greedy. They're so greedy, they're not in the human realm, right? They're not thinking logically and rationally. They're obsessed on getting the soup into their spoon and getting it into their mouth. So that's, that's my answer, and I'm just going to stick with it. So, you know, uh, we also were discussing why it was in black and white. Like, maybe they were so greedy and so angry about the food, they were, like, down in the hell realm, right? So once they began to share and become selfless, it, it really helps everyone. So, uh, you know, when we're kind to other people, it, it helps everyone. So sometimes you'll hear people say, like, maybe I don't really want to pay higher property taxes because I don't have any kids in school. But you actually help yourself and your entire community by having a good school system. So, you know, you, you can't really think about it that way. It, it, it's actually for the greater good, and it, it helps you as well. And so these gaki figured that out. And I think they went up to the heavenly realm, and they're helping one another, and their life became very colorful and very meaningful. So I wanted to end with this last note. Uh, Bodhi Day is December 8th, when the Buddha realized awakening at 35. And then Hanumatsuri, April 8th, is when the Buddha was born. So this is an image of the Buddha's birth. Uh, and it, his birth story foreshadows his life. So his birth story, you have to kind of understanding it as kind of, of showing the, the arc of his life uh, during the first hours of his birth. 
But the important point I wanted to mention here is the Buddha is born, and, and babies, no babies do this, but it's a, it's a metaphor. It's, it's foreshadowing his life. He's kind of like reborn, and he takes seven steps. And so the, the meaning behind that is he's gone one step beyond six steps, beyond the six realms. So an enlightened person is able to transcend these six realms that we keep effortlessly transmigrating through during the day. And so one way you can do this is by being aware of your feelings, uh, being aware of what's happening, and have a gap between your feelings and your actions. Um, I have a friend that whenever uh, she does something kind of inappropriate, she says, well, that's how I was feeling. And I, I validate her feelings. I, I can't say whether her feelings happened or not. I mean, if she says that's how she felt, then I, I take her at her word, and they're valid feelings, but you don't have to act on them. You don't have to trust them. You don't have to respond immediately to your feelings. You need to be aware of your feelings and then kind of balance that with an appropriate response. And, and that's how you transcend the six realms is by taking this uh, seventh step. And so, you know, somebody asked Reverend Harada the other day, well, how do you do that? And he said, well, you, you practice, right? There, it's not a simple answer. You, you listen to the teachings, you chant, you become aware, you practice mindfulness. And, and th this is how we accomplish this, this transcendence of these six realms is through practice. So have a happy Halloween. Try to be somewhat rash, rational and logical uh, when you go trick-or-treating. Uh, don't be mad. Well, uh, Linda's a dental hygienist, and a lot of times she gives out uh, toothbrushes. And I'm always worried what the kids are thinking. A toothbrush? I wanted a Hershey bar. But, you know, that protects your teeth so you can eat candy your whole life. So please join me in Gasho. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.